0: On today's Locked On Twins, we're going to talk about the spring training storylines for your Minnesota Twins as they prepare for Grapefruit League play to open up here quite soon. Players have reported everybody is there. Nobody was late, contrary to what you may have heard, and so we're going to break that all down. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hi, it's Locked On Twins, and I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And I am joined by my esteemed co-host, Mr. Dave Brown, at Answer Dave Brown on the Twitter machine. Dave.
1: How are you this evening? Brandon Warren, I'm feeling great. I'm excited. I'm uh, well-fed from dinner, and uh, the Twins have games later this week, right? And they're all in camp, and I don't know. Do they have games later this week? I actually don't remember.
0: Uh, It always surprises me how quickly spring training games come up after they report. I know they are playing the University of Minnesota. Oh, that counts. Uh, Right. So, I mean, that's kind of – that's the – Opener of most spring training seasons. I am pulling it up, though. Uh, Saturday, February 24th. Yep. So the the first Grapefruit League game is the Pirates. It looks like yeah. that's at Fort Myers. Have you ever been to Bradenton? That's such a
1: weird setup for a major league spring training. To me, it's... Uh, I've been to... A... <clears throat> I know I've been to Pirate City, which sounds like a lot of fun. That's or... it um but they they used to, well the, the stadium McKechnie field is in a different place than the than pirate city where they train so oh. i've been to pirate city and it's actually kind of cool but the whole i've heard stories about how you you know you you don't want to lose your car or anything like that
0: let's just yeah. say it's park like players were parking across the street in like a dirt lot so and then it's like in a kind of like a warehouse area i feel like there's like five auto parts stores nearby, not, not to besmirch
1: auto parts, but um, in fact, I, I service, or I, uh, I, I go to auto parts stores myself. I would hate to, especially if they're a sponsor, which they're not yet, but well, we have eBay motors later tonight. So technically they are Uh, in my town though. There
0: is a, it's so funny auto parts store, hardware store, auto parts store. So it's kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoy separated by um, hardware Hank. (laughs) Well, they tell you,
1: Hank, they, they tell you that, uh, in, uh, like college level, uh, marketing classes that that's uh, done on purpose. That's a, a purposeful thing to put businesses that are like competitors, even on the same corner or block or whatever. And that's, uh, it just, I guess it reminds people driving by, Hey, that's the place to go for your auto parts or your hamburgers or whatever. Now
0: imagine a place
1: that had both of those.
0: Uh, Anywho, uh, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for being an everydayer. Our numbers have been terrific of late. Might have something to do with producing episodes on a regular basis, which I was very bad at before Dave Brown came along. So we're very excited about that. Yep, exactly. As part of the Locked On podcast, number two, we're your team every day. And we're doing a lot better with that every day. So again, if you're an everydayer, thank you so much. We appreciate you greatly and the numbers reflect that as well. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more new customers join today or in the next few days if you wish, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash on to get started. Probably a little too late to put anything down on the NBA All-Star game, and if you are, you are truly a degenerate, but we love you all the same. Dave Brown, we are talking today about spring training storylines. And so I texted you a little less than an hour ago and said, hey, if you have any storylines, send them over. And you sent me like 65 storylines. So we may end up doing part one, part two, and who knows how many more. It's reminding me a little bit of the series, which is incomplete at this point, of uh, twins free agent signings that you don't remember, which I I have actually uh, gotten people to say that they want us to finish that. So um, if spring training gets cold or boring, we'll go back to that. Or maybe some bonus episodes, nothing wrong with those. But without further ado, let's dive into some of these questions. Uh, This is one that kind of came up for you and for me as well. So we're using my version, but it's a collaborative thing. How healthy slash ready are Chris Paddock and Anthony Desclafani, Tony Disco, if you are okay with that nickname as well. And the big thing here is that's 40% of your opening day rotation. And sometimes you can manipulate a rotation to start the season, you know, four guys if your off days line up. The twins almost always seem to because they have to have days off when they play in weird weather cities, uh, especially the home opener. So. Again, though, that's that's still forty percent of a rotation, and the uh, John Paul Morosi tweeted today that there will be there's no expected innings limit for Chris Paddock, which is maybe a little scary, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, even still, the the protection that they have in the form of Louis Varland, and we have a comment on him at some point too, uh, is it enough? Because I still question if they maybe. Should really go grab another starter. I think we both agree that it would be ideal. But um, how healthy are these guys? Honestly, I'm not sure.
1: Not sure. And uh, Paddock, it's not like it's a it's a minor injury. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. uh, and it uh, it takes a while to get all the way back. And you want to be sure. DeSclafani's injury is less um, of a big deal. It's it's apparently they say more about rest than anything else. And he's had a lot of rest. They shut him down at the end of last year. I'll go back to answer your question before, like, do they have enough pitching? I am trying to stay consistent with this, you know, one through 62 AL central. I think they do. I think they do have enough pitching Um, where I would wonder is if when we talk about, well, what happens later, what happens in the playoffs, um, you know, missing that number two starter to me, Then that becomes more of a big deal down the road. So I'm I'm sticking with that standpoint, but I do understand that I was as I you know you you tasked me with coming up with a few things to talk about, and as I was doing that, I'm like, you know, for as optimistic as I am about the twins' chances, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered, and it isn't like the questions are necessarily. um, It's not like questions are bad, but we don't know yet. We we don't we really don't know yet how healthy everybody's going to be and when they're the best version of themselves will take over. So it is definitely worth watching.
0: Uh my question about that, if I can remember it, was, oh, how much uh how much does the state of the rest of the division play into that where you can kind of feel out early in the season where these guys are at and, you know, Maybe, maybe you wait till the deadline to make a deal. Uh, you could also hope like a guy like Simeon Woods Richardson takes a step forward. Right. Louis Varland we've talked about a couple different times as far as, you know, can he take a step forward. But the division, and I know we're still getting a lot of propaganda from some pretty big names about if the Royals can contend this year. But I think the Twins are in a good place where, you know, you can't start slow. Those games all count the same. But they probably do have a little more cushion than... Let's say the Red Sox, for instance, who have virtually none.
1: Well, the way the Red Sox are dealing people on their major league roster for prospects, I think they're, I don't know if they see the writing on the wall or what, but um, as far as the rest of the AL East, it is, it's one thing for you and I and for the pundits and which I guess we are, and other people, the analysts. We're talking heads in this video, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I have a little shoulder, but most of this is my head. So, um, showing a little shoulder, are we? Some neck. There's my hand. Hey! (laughs) But no, your point is taken, uh, as was my thought. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it's one thing for us to discuss all that, but it can be a dangerous game for a team for the Twins to say, well, you know, the White Sox are uh, playing for a new ballpark in a few years, and the Royals, while they have added some guys, they won fifty six games last year. They should. They're also playing for a new ballpark. What's that? And they're also playing for a new ballpark. Yeah, who isn't? Um, and the Tigers, you know, is that ever going to fix itself? Who knows. So you know, they they it's one thing to look at, if you know, for for us to look at the rest of the division and go, you know, the Twins have some margin for error here, or, or margin for a slow start, or whatever. That's much more of a dangerous game when it's your job and it's your team. So I don't. I, I think that is maybe in the back of. uh front office's mind that you know well everything doesn't have to be perfect at the beginning and remember right. it is baseball too it's probably not going to be perfect at the beginning or all season so uh that you can take that a little too far but i think probably they can't help but think that they have a little of uh cushion for um time and and for you know results not being exactly what they want at the beginning
0: I think the Tigers are a good example of the pitfalls of setting up your rebuild around pitching because granted Spencer Torkelson is a big deal too. And so is Riley green, but they have not gotten as much as you'd hope out of Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Tariq Skubel is nasty, but again, has to stay healthy. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but you know, they've had a lot of uh, attrition on the pitching side and that's just the name of the game.
1: Exactly. I mean, they have addressed it in this offseason, you know, Kenta Maeda among uh, their, uh, their new players, but um, you know, getting back to the, the twins, I think um, while they have questions, and if you look at, it's like a, a fan graph, it's like the Pakota deal. You know, you, you're not necessarily, when you see those numbers come out, you're, you're seeing like a probability of this guy hitting certain Marks in his statistics, but there's a range of outcomes, and if the, if the twins generally have decent outcomes with all these questions that they have, they're going to be in really good shape to win the division. So I, I think that's more like how the the front office is thinking, rather than boy, you know, we we do have some cushion in case all these other teams fall on their face again.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to ask you about non-roster invitees on the other side of things. So if you mute. Um, just know that we won't hear you clicking and clanging. I'm not going to mute. I'm not coughing. Okay. Well, good because I'm going to ask you about non-roster invitees after a word from our friends over at FanDuel. If you're like Anthony Edwards, you can get buckets left-handed with your first bet on FanDuel. I'm left-handed, so I am a, you know I'm kind of a, no kidding, maybe a little biased, but America's number one sports book is FanDuel. They're a sportsbook partner of the NBA and right now you can if you're a new customer get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So pick one of those bets you really like, get the W and then you will be swimming in bonus bets. That's 150 bucks if your bet wins. So again, maybe bet against the uh Detroit Pistons for instance. And you can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams though with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props and much, much more. you really got to just check out the app because we don't have enough time to lay out all the different ways that you can win. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Now, Dave Brown, the next question I wanted to ask is what non-roster invitee, if any, makes the opening day roster? And I pulled out, pulled up, I guess I shouldn't say that. That's kind of a weird phrase to use. Uh, I pulled up the non roster invites, that I like one on the offensive side. On the pitching side, I don't know. Um, the problem is I can't really isolate one because, you know, like, do they like Jeff Brigham more than uh, Matt Bowman or, you know, any number of guys who have right. some big league experience, but not that much. So I'm honing in on Nico Goodrum. So former twin and he started off like over 17 or something that first year, whatever. And then uh, I think he gets got t- taken off the 40 or uh, either way. He got picked up by the tigers and uh, you know, he had some success there, but he hits lefties. Like that's the one thing he's really had as a calling card. That's the one thing the twins can really use, but I don't know if he's a fit based on the fact that as far as I can tell, he's, not an outfielder. I mean, he he came up as an infielder. I don't think they want to put him in the outfield.
1: No, more and, of a Donovan Solano
0: type of infield. It's pretty crowded, so you'd need a Willie Castro level of uh, breakthrough in spring training to to make it. But that's my guy. And on the pitching side, I said Jordan Balazovic just because you know he's they they obviously value him uh, considerably, even though they took him off the forty. Um, but yeah, so
1: those are my two guys. They value Zovik, if you will. Value Zovic, yep. You know, it's it's a good question. In past seasons, I don't know what the the twins like the over the last 10 years, you know, how many non roster guys actually make the roster? That would it, be it's a- like
0: a reliever every year, like a Jared Burton, a, a Casey Fiend. Uh who else have they had? Brock Stewart was a two year minor league deal because he had uh, arm issues. But um Jose De, De Leon last offseason. Like, something that
1: does happen that they're willing to do. I was looking at the 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 names on there, and it just it struck me again how deep the forty man roster is, and uh, I would imagine deeper than usual. And we've talked yeah. about that before, you know, adding Jay Jackson and and some other moves like that. Um, Not Jay. What's that? Not Jay Jaffe. Jay Jackson. Not Jay Jaffe. Did I didn't say Jay Jaffe? Did I? I'm just saying that's where my brain went. Okay. Well, Jay Jaffe would be a fine addition to any clubhouse, but I don't think he can. He's a good writer, he really is, and a good man and thorough. But um, these are—if somebody gets hurt, Mm -hmm. I want to knock on wood, but um, like if if Edward Julian gets hurt, I could see Brooks Lee making the opening day roster. It would take something like that. Or it would take a, a, a Royce Lewis getting hurt or something like that for that to happen. I don't see you. How dare you? I I, I don't. These, it's like we can't, you know, doing a no hitter. You know, we can't really affect it. By, it's like, happened before, too. Like, you're not exactly just making something up. No, I know. But I'm saying that's what it would take. I, I don't right. think anybody is going to. I don't think any of these guys can win a job unless somebody gets hurt. I don't. Mm -hmm. They are clearly, and I mean, that's, maybe that isn't like a great revelatory statement, but I think they are full of guys on the 40-man roster that should make the team. Goodrum is is a guy, but like, um, you know, if one of the, I don't know, if one of the backups on the, if if Farmer gets hurt, then Goodrum could make the team. Um, But I don't, you know, I don't see it. I don't see anybody unless there is an injury. So I think that is, that certainly is a, a... a developing storyline to, to watch and see exactly who makes themselves look like a, because spring training can be fool's gold as far as these performances and and results from them. You've got to be really careful more. So I think probably in the cactus league because of the environment, but um, you know, you can uh, you can sort of fool yourself. Well, this guy played really well in spring training for three weeks. And if you don't like really analyze who he was playing against and the situations, it, uh, it, doesn't necessarily matter, right? I'm not a huge believer in making the team out of spring training. Uh I think there's a lot more that goes into it than that, especially these days. And um, you know, aside from an injury, uh, you know, I, I don't see it.
0: That's a good uh segue to
1: the next one, which is
0: how ironclad is the bullpen because if you go on roster resource, first of all, Louis Varland is listed at AAA, which ah, uh, it's really hard to put him in either the rotation or the bullpen. So you kind of by default, put him at St. Paul, even though he's probably not going to waste too many bullets there in his hometown. But as far as relievers who have options left, you've got Duran and Jacks who are obviously uh, not penciled, but rather sharpied into this bullpen. You got Justin Topa, who's 33 years old and Josh Stalmont, who is uh, just a touch over 30 years old. and if you don't have Stelman in your opening day bullpen, it may be more due to uh, where he's at physically. But otherwise, it's it's pretty ironclad. And if uh, you know if they don't need a fifth starter, you probably just shift Desclafani down or um, you know keep him back a little bit, have him throw some bullpens and and figure it out. But I think the bullpen is uh, almost lock, stock, and barrel what it's going to be one through eight.
1: Well, with with Varland, I kind of uh, we we talked about this before, like how soon, how ready is he to if he had to step into the rotation uh, in the first week or two of the season, could he do it as far as being stretched out? Is he ready to do it? And, you know, you don't want to waste bullets at AAA at St. Paul, but at the same time, that could be the extended spring training route could be more of a, a way for him to get ready to move into the rotation when his turns start to come up later right. in uh in April or whenever it would be as far as how the schedule goes. So I think when you see you know Varland being in AAA I think that is a like an educated guess as a, as to where he will best be able to prepare for when he's due to be a starter if that's how it works out how it works out. I suppose it might not. That's one thing, you know, Louis Varland's progress during spring training. Is he going to be ready to be a starter when they need a, a a fifth guy or sixth guy or whatever it is. So um that's definitely worth watching.
0: In your mind's eye, what's a better use for him? Long reliever with a potential kind of uneven workload or starting every fifth day at St. Paul? Because again, I mentioned wasting bullets, but there's a there's something to be said about him throwing 80 85 90 pitches every fifth day as opposed to, you know, 61 day you're down for 3 days, you throw 41 day you're down for five days, and then twenty. You know, like it's it's not predictable. Like the theory of a long guy makes sense because you can ramp them up with a couple starts right after
1: that. But kind of like how uh, I feel about the uh, the NRI guys not necessarily breaking into the uh, the the opening day roster. I yeah. feel like that the bullpen is deep enough with other guys that you won't need it. That you mm-hmm. won't need Varland um maybe i'm wrong and they're you know counting pitches for uh uh Paddock and and Disclafani maybe the, there will be uh use for a, another pitcher and you know maybe that's how the the bench gets filled out with with yeah. bullpen with a bullpen guy that could be but i think if if he does well in these spring training games and it looks like they want him to continue with the, the starter possibility then St. Paul is the best choice okay Well, that makes sense to me. Uh, Let's pause. When we come
0: back, we'll wrap up with a few more of our storylines. And it's looking to me like we're going to have another full episode. So people should really get excited for that, in my opinion. But first, let's talk about eBay Motors. Passion drive and patience are what bring home the winning trophy and also what keep your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Plenty of things that I don't understand, but they can take care of for you. It doesn't matter whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit no matter what, or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts you need at the prices, you want it's easy to see that you can turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So, keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. But again, ebaymotors.com is your place to get all of your motor parts. All right, so we did actually get in a uh, motor parts, car parts, auto parts
1: add so we didn't we didn't have to go out and uh to a uh an intersection or a strip mall that had a bunch of different places it was right there on ebay all along right here at our fingertips yeah
0: exactly so very exciting uh so this is one i really liked that you submitted and it's what is the plan to keep byron buxton oh shoot i said happy it should be healthy
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was so excited about being happy and healthy that that's where you were going with that. I think I got confused with a certain um,
0: pharmacy being happy and healthy, but there we go. It says healthy. How do you keep Byron Buxton healthy? And uh, is that a reasonable goal? And, uh, you know, the Plika feels better. I think it's Plika, Plika. I don't know. I'm not great with knees, but if... Mine are kind of sore themselves. Yeah, if there was something that they could do, I mean, they probably have tried it by now. But again, we can't just disregard that he's feeling good, he's feeling happy, and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, uh, short of what everybody jokes, hey, put him in bubble wrap. <laughs> uh, you know what? What do you think is is likely? I think it's going to be you know maintenance days where he DHs, maintenance days where you know maybe they're facing a, a you know a tough righty and want to get. Matt Walner, extra plate appearances, or maybe Trevor Larnick sneaks into the lineup. There's going to be options where they can shift somebody to center and and all that. But it's it's going to be curious to see how they handle him, uh, especially early.
1: Now that I've asked the question, I kind of, I don't feel bad, but I, I have second thoughts about it because it seems like most of the time when he gets hurt, that it's, it's bad luck. It's certainly not because he's in bad shape. It's effort. He's uh, he's he's cut like a diamond. I mean, the guy's is in, in good enough shape for a, a million years. It's uh, yep. it's uh, you know, he could be uh, playing in the NFL. I don't know if he could if he has, maybe he wanted to at one time, but he's 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 very uh, athletic and um, 200 miles an hour, no matter what he's doing, though. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, we can build in um, maintenance days and we can be smart about uh, usage in that way. Um, but I guess he's, you know, he's, he's, he can't go a thousand percent in the outfield crashing into things. Uh, you know, he's going to have to take a a little bit of care now. once the season starts, I mean, and we're talking about, we're, we're not just talking about keeping him healthy during spring training, but during the season, a lot of Byron Buxton's value is on defense. Mm -hmm. And although, um, in recent seasons, he's figured it out hitting too. So he's, he's got lots of stuff going for him, but. Um, he's just going to have to be careful not running into the fence or uh, Kepler or Walner, who's ever in the outfield, and just continuing to be smart about it and uh, hope that his, his luck turns. And um, But it's a matter of being smart with those maintenance days and off days. This is why we talk about, well, maybe they should bring in, just bring back Michael A. Taylor so you have a regular center fielder on those days when Buxton isn't ready to go, all of this fits into this puzzle. And uh, you still want him to be, um, to to just go for it on balls in the gap. Um, But you just want him to be smart about it and sort of cross your fingers. So that's, that's part of the plan right there. So from one superstar who has dealt with
0: injuries to another, how much should we actually expect from Royce Lewis? Because honestly, 2022, 146 weighted runs created plus 300 batting average in 12 games and in 58 games this past season a 155 weighted runs created plus he's been worth 2.9 fan war in his first 70 games so you extrapolate that to 140 games you got a six win player and while projections are quote unquote down on him. Let's just go with the bat from Fangraphs. They have him at 264, 323, 460 with solid defense at third base and a war of 3.1. Every war projection is between three and four wins. There's significant buzz here. Uh, A couple of 126 weighted runs created plus projections from ATC and uh, Steamer or Zips are my personal favorite, but Steamer really likes him. Um, Honestly, the sky's the limit for this kid. Won't be 25 until June. And man, I feel, even I feel old. Uh, June 5th, 1999. Like these players are born on days that I definitely remember being uh, alive. Like it's not 1992 where I'm six years old. This is, I was 13 years old when this kid was
1: born. Like I remember that. I was uh, working for the Associated Press in 1999 in uh, sometimes the, the Twins clubhouse. Hey, you know, talking to Jack Jones or whatever was he around by then? But mm, um, yeah, he would have been. He would have been. Yep. Yeah. So, like, but right. So, actually, yeah. did you know he played center and Tori played a
0: corner for a while? Uh, no kidding. Which, yeah, which seems strange. There was actually a game. I don't know if it was an interleague game in Cincinnati because I don't think it was at home. No, it couldn't have been at home because it was a walk off. Um, I think it was Cincinnati back when synergy had that crazy springy turf and he came in on a ball and it bounced over his head, which obviously metronome, he'd be familiar with that, but on a visiting stadium, maybe not different, but yeah, he was in center. And I think Tori was in either left or right that I think he was in left and Matt Lawton was in right. Former show guest, Matt Lawton, um,
1: all of which is to say, Hey, I'm sorry. I have waylaid your point about uh oh I've I'm, I'm ready to go with it how good is Royce Lewis going to be I kind of fall on the uh the upside part I was just uh very much impressed let's just say with how he finished the season last year yeah. and continued into the playoffs and um I think he he's older I think him being older will work to his advantage he's got a little more experience he's not a 22 23 year old kid he's a 25 year old kid so um By the way, by the way, his mom makes the jewelry that I wear. No kidding. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Was that that a coincidence or did you get that because you saw that she made it? A little bit of both. Etsy, man. Etsy. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a heck of a a website. Anyhow, again, I'm just derailing you. It's a funny uh, divergence anecdote. It's okay. Yeah. No, I think uh, the hype is real. I, I wonder about Julian a little bit if he was out over his skis more than I do. Lewis, I, I see yep, yep. Uh, maybe some regression for Eduard, uh, but it's kind of a continuance for uh, Royce. And I look at three war as a baseline. I think mm-hmm. he can he can uh, he can do one more war than that, and uh, that's uh, elite territory. What? do you think like what percentile does he have
0: to hit? And I mean, hit in terms of reach to be the most valuable player between him, Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa, because like it's sneaky, exciting for him to be in that conversation.
1: For sure. And and I just think about, well, if Buxton is really healthy and if uh, Carlos Correa's feet and ankles are all there and if uh you know, if if third base is an elite player, an elite spot on the team, yep. that's really great. I that's mean,
0: nasty one, two, three it is,
1: it is really nasty. And uh again, you know, I um so what does he have to do? I mean, if he play if I think if Royce Lewis, I'm just going to look at it like this. If Royce Lewis plays in 140 games, he'll be a, a top 12 AL MVP. Yep. Person. I like it. Well, like always, we're pushing up against the limit of
0: timing. We will be back tomorrow. We will talk about all kinds of fun stuff. I don't want to tip it off too much, but we'll talk about prospects. We'll talk about maybe Brooks Lee, who is a prospect, Matt Walmer, all that fun stuff. But, hey, thanks for hanging out with us on Locked On Twins, and we'll see you tomorrow night.